following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. It is Wednesday. It's hump day. It's November the 20th. It is full press coverage's second anniversary, second birthday. So happy birthday, full press coverage. A little surprise if you didn't know. So uh, welcome to the show, folks. I am Ian Glendon. I am uh, your co-host and I am joined as always by Mr. Mike DeBate, our FPC Patriots Managing Editor. Mike, how are you this morning? La, la, la. Happy anniversary, my friend. Two years already. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, Ian and I have probably worked together now for over three. Uh, and uh, two years in a venture that was his brainchild. And I owe so much of the success of full press coverage to this man's vision. Um, knowing exactly what you want to do is one thing. Being able to do it and having the courage to do it is another this guy has them both. He has the courage and the vision. It's been my honor to work with you for the past three years. It's been more of an honor for me to call you a friend than a colleague. But at the same time, I look forward to calling you both for many years. So congratulations, my friend. Well done. And here's to great things on the horizon for this organization. Well, well, like the, uh, the late great Harry Stamper once said, uh, I'm only as good as the people around me. And, uh, I'm I'm gonna listen to a guy that's called all all go no quit Harry Stamper. So, uh, <laughs> if, you know, any any time I get to bring him up, the hero that he is, fictional or not, um, you know, it it it, it kind of uh, makes sense. But um, heroes that, are heroes, my friend. Yes. Fictional or not. <laughs> yes, but uh, I I that it, it, thanks, Mike. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> that uh, yep. that that was. <laughs> That, that was nice. That was very, that was very kind. And again, you know, I, I do mean it when I say, you know, the people that do work at this site and, and do put in the long hours and, uh, you know, just kind of grind through each and every day and each and every week, uh, you, they're, they're the power behind it. You know, I just kind of pay the bills. So that's, <laughs> and, and, and that's how, I, that's how I knew it was two year anniversary because a few bills came up, but, um, that, that's, that's besides the point we're, we're, uh, <laughs> We're, we're not going to get into specifics of that, but I did want to bring it up and say, you know, thank you to everyone who has, uh, you know, been a fan of the site, who continues to be the fan of the site. And uh, for all you new fans out there, uh, hopefully adding this video element, adding some more audio and radio and all this other stuff is uh, is going pretty good. So um, it's Wednesday. We've got quite a bit to talk about today. Um, yeah, know, we do. Action packed day. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, at, at some point we're going to give our uh, baseball Hall of Fame ballots. We, we kind of started talking about the Hall of Fame yesterday. We kind of ran short in time, but um, <clears throat> we're going to give our ballots as it works. You can pick up to 10 players uh, in the real Hall of Fame. They have to garner 75 uh, percent of the vote and uh, to get in. So um, it'll be interesting. You know, we may not have 10 on our ballot and i i'm, I'm gonna venture to say that maybe both of us probably aren't going to hit that 10 because going over this list it was actually a little bit harder to really hammer down uh you know all these names so we'll, we'll go over that in a little bit more detail uh, later in the show we got some news and notes Antonio brown's back in the news you know me i like talking about antonio brown um got some other things mark walton running back 
Dolphins got cut yesterday after some disturbing uh, information coming out following his arrest about physically harming uh, his pregnant girlfriend, which, uh, again, that's real-life stuff that you don't want to hear, but um, good for the Dolphins. They, they cut bait right away and, and moved on. Um, <clears throat> not to uh, not not to draw comparisons to anything else, but uh, Dolphins did what they had to do, and uh, that's that. So, uh, Mike, right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We, we Look, I like baseball. We don't get to talk about it as much. Um, I feel like we talked about yesterday. I feel pretty strongly about uh, some of the uh, processes in the baseball hall of fame. So I'm pretty excited to be able to kind of give our opinion and be able to list, list the, the, uh, the players we think should be getting in. And I think, uh, hopefully it differs so we can argue and go back and forth and maybe slip a few cuss words in here. But, um, we also have, uh, Brian, <laughs> Snow. Brian Snow's going to join us later for a little, uh, little crossover action. We're going to talk some NBA with him. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of great things to say about LeBron. I'm, we know him anytime he comes on, he, me and him just, uh, talk about his, uh, LeBron's greatness. So, um, <laughs> we should ask him about Gronk's performance last night on the court at Staples yes, Center, dancing I, with the Lakers girls. Yeah, it was, it was. It's unbelievable to see that, and I don't know. It's just something about Gronk wearing Lakers gear. It just doesn't seem right. That that, did, that, that was very uh, that was um, very David Ortiz putting on a Yankees hat in that classic ESPN commercial. But no, I I saw that I saw that video this morning. Actually, I thought it was really funny. Uh, James Corden and uh, Rob Gronkowski kind of reminded me of Chris Farley and. Uh, um, the late, the great, you know him, Patrick Swayze. That's right. <laughs> the Swayze train from the classic uh, SNL skit, um, dancing up there for Chip and Dale. One so, of the greatest SNL skits of all time. I mean, I still there is still not a moment that goes by that I'll see that sketch and not laugh hysterically. That and Matt Foley, motivational speaker. I mean, you can pretty much put those on loop. Yeah. Um, that goes into the pantheon. I mean, the original Saturday Night Live cast obviously is still probably I think the greatest collection of talent ever assembled at Studio One A or wherever they film the uh, the wherever they film the uh, the uh, the the. Uh, weekly episodes of Saturday Night Live at NBC Studios, but uh, that cast was pretty pretty good, and, and Farley was just, he was so far ahead of his time. Well, very, very slowly missed. Yeah, and, and and specifically, that's, I don't know, again, everyone knows it was a classic, you know, that just the just the idea, the comedy of the, of the two of them going out and competing for a uh, quote-unquote, you know, male dancer role. <laughs> it's just, it's funny, and, you know, you, you throw in the fact that you have a uh, God, I'm, I'm completely blanking on the his real name. For some reason, all that's coming into my mind is Mr. Cheezle from <laughs> from uh, from Grandma's Boy. But uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about. He was uh, on Weeds. Um, the guy who was judging. Kevin Nealon. Yes, thank you. Oh, man, I, I feel so bad. Because <laughs> I love Ken, Kevin Nealon. This is just some of this uh, early morning... Uh, you know, fogginess trying to trying to. Still no, 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 no. I mean, he's been he's been in so many movies. Happy Gilmore. And, yeah. You know, he's done so many like great like little cameo roles. And Kevin Nealon was always, I think, very underrated. I thought he did a good job on Weekend Update. I thought he had that subtle, uh, you know, deadpan delivery that just you know had a mixture of sarcasm and wit. So no, it's 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 all good. That's uh, that's fine. That's that's why I'm here, my friend. Yeah, you know? exactly. You you kind of helped balance me out. No, I actually I I loved him. If you hadn't seen, uh, I think it was uh, Showtime did it, but Weeds. Uh, he was great as like kind of the spacey like uh, pothead uh, mayor. So you know, kind of kind of right up his alley for like his like character type. You know, the types that he plays in those comedies. But um, right, 
yeah, yeah, it, it was it was great. But anyways, I don't know how we got to this point. But uh, yes, Gronk and Corden was like <laughs> Swayze and, and Farley. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. But at the same time, my, my stomach was a little uneasy seeing him in Lakers gold and uh, and, and white. And yeah, it, 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 bad taste in my mouth. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that former New England Patriot to start. We're going to talk about another former New England Patriot. And yes, he was a New England Patriot for just 11 days. But um Antonio Brown, um, I don't know if it's 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 necessarily shocking or just I I guess a little unexpected, but you know when when you start to kind of look at what's been going on the last week or so, it, it it's maybe not as unexpected if if certain things kind of come together. But um, obviously yesterday he on Instagram and uh, eventually on Twitter he posted, and I'm going to read right from it, and I'm going to show off my reading ability. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Kraft, I apologize sincerely to you and your organization. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organization. Sorry for the bad media and the drama. Thank you sincerely, A.B. So um, say what you will about who he is and and what he's done uh, in terms of what we know he's actually done, which is at the very worst kind of acted like a fool. And I think he would admit that. And this apology to me kind of tells me he probably realizes he, he acted a little... Uh, irresponsibly. Now, again, that's not speaking about the investigation and the uh, uh, lawsuit in civil court against him. I mean, we just don't know. I mean, again, I've repeated this over and over again. No one knows one way or the other except those two. And eventually we will find out and we we, we can, you know, that's when you can uh, cast judgment, I guess you can say, and, and form your opinion, or at least my, in my opinion, that's when you should, not any time before. Because, um, not only does he issue this apology yesterday, but uh, obviously we know on Saturday, he, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, he went and uh, met with the NFL. Uh, apparently he met for his eight hours. He says, or at least reports are that he is hoping for a fairly quick response from the NFL one way or the other. And uh, reports about, out of his camp is he's cautiously optimistic because you know, look, let's face it, uh, since he was cut from the Patriots, we, there's been nothing of nothing new to this case. There's been nothing, uh, no new information. No, We don't know any more than we did the day that he was still a New England Patriot. So, um, and since then, he's he's done a adequate job, I guess, of, of, of staying out of uh, the, uh, you know, the media's eye. I mean, he's had a few incidences over uh, the course of the last several months, you know, and when I say incidents, I, I don't, that's probably the worst word because I think that that adds a, a very negative connotation to it. But um, he said a few things on Twitter that, you know, yeah, you probably just got to put it down and, and, and let it go. I mean, we're all we're all guilty of saying stupid things. So I'm not, I'm not going to hold that necessarily against him. But um, look, he's been relatively quiet. He's kind of just doing his thing, playing with his kids, working out and lobbying for his job back. So, you know me, Mike, you do. Three years. That's right. Three years. That's right. That's Absolutely. Right. That's right. Um, since day one, I've been kind of on the whole Patriots shouldn't have cut him. And uh, I, I I, have not moved off that. I, I still think they should have let this play out. And, and the longer this goes and the more that we learn about all this uh, – all this little these little tidbits coming out, it makes me feel even stronger about that fact because I'm getting the feeling that he's not going to get get put on this the exempt list. Um, this idea that he would automatically be put on it the second he signed with a team, 
I, I don't understand how this idea caught wind so quickly. Um, and the reasoning is the NFL decided that they weren't going to do it to begin with. So what has changed since then? Um, yes, and you can say, oh, well, the threatening or the intimidating um, text message. And, you, you know, you can interpret interpret it as, as however you want. But um, really nothing has changed since they decided that they weren't going to do this. So why would they now you know, the second he signs with the team, say, all right, you know what, you're going on the exempt list. That, that would be, um, in my eyes, look very, very bad on their part. Not that they're, you know, afraid of looking bad. They tend to look bad whenever they open their mouths or do any sort of investigation. But um, to me, it, it, there was nothing there that uh, would warrant them all of a sudden changing and, and flipping the script and saying, you know what, you know what, you're exempt, especially with the whole Tyree Kill situation over the summer. It just didn't make sense to me. So, um, but now we're, we're hearing that, okay, maybe it does come out pretty positive for Antonio Brown through this meeting. So I, I'm starting to, to get more of the feeling that he's eventually going to play this season. And my percentage of him playing with the Patriots has probably gone up. And, and I know people are like, oh, that's just a pipe dream. This is foolish. You know, some people on social media have kind of dug in on their side. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, you're you're either a pro or, or you're either against him or for him. And, you know, the people that are against him are, are the ones that are saying, oh, it's stupid. It'll never happen. The the Patriots have never given second or third chances, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, great. I'm, I'm glad you know that. So we'll, we'll see how it actually plays out. Um, I'm getting the feeling more and more that he's going to end up playing this year. And by every indication, I, I honestly think a reunion with the Patriots is is starting to look, I don't want to say likely, but more like a possibility. And, and that possibility, I think, is, is is far more realistic than I think people are giving credit to. So um, I've been talking for like six straight minutes. So, Mike, I'm going to give you the floor a little bit and let you uh, kind of, you know, has your opinion changed at all? And, and do you uh, are you coming over to my side a little bit in terms of thinking this may be a possibility? I'm not quite there yet, but I will say I'm more optimistic about his signing in New England from a pure football standpoint, mm-hmm. mind you, than I have been in, in recent uh, weeks. And that's because, first of all, two things. Like you said, information coming out, all of a sudden this apology drops on Instagram yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the timing is suspect, and it's interesting to find out why he did what he did when he did it. You have to think that the meeting that he had with the NFL, which by all intents and purposes took place last week, yeah, you have hours. to wonder if you have to wonder if there was a feeling that came out of that meeting where he believed that putting out a a message of this type was going to be something that was going to beneficially help him throughout the rest of the season and maybe even down the line and help to rehabilitate his image. So that's one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit Mm -hmm. the timing of it uh how it came out the tone of it which in my opinion seems sincere i mean i'm not gonna you know question his motives or you know i mean i've seen people on social media saying well if you believe that or you know know, words are skin deep yes i know you know we live in a cynical society let's face it everybody is skeptical of everyone and no one's willing to give anybody the benefit of the doubt but in this situation i think it's warranted to at least give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that the problem is, and you mentioned the commissioner's list, you never completely know for sure what exactly is going to happen there. Exactly. I think a lot of that is twofold. One, 
We don't know what the NFL may know. We don't know if there's any other information. We don't know if there's a situation where there's another shoe to drop. It's a little interesting to me that no other team has has bothered to touch him while he's been a free agent. He could have been signed and put on a roster at any point. If there's any type of doubt in these teams' minds or something that the league may have, quote-unquote, slipped under the door of some of these franchises and said, don't go near him because we've got stuff on him. You sign him, we're putting him on the exempt list. It makes sense. I'm not saying that this is going to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but it makes you wonder. It does make you doubt. It puts that, quote-unquote, reasonable doubt in your head about it. So that's one thing that's a problem for me. The second is I think maybe a little bit of paranoia on the part of Patriots fans. And look, mm-hmm. we're weary here in New England of the commissioner's office. I- I'm not going to mince words. It's the truth. Yeah. Ever since the flake gate, ever since the quote unquote, more probable than not. And Ted Wells running around and you're in big trouble and all the, the, the junk that went on there. And then all of the, the, the spy gate negativity. I think there's some hesitation on the part of Patriots fans and maybe even Patriots media to go out there on a limb and say, this guy's going to come in. So those are the issues that I'm looking at right now when it comes to Antonio Brown. But if there's any traction to be gained for an Antonio Brown reunion, this is the time. (laughs) This is the time because you're not going to get probably a more sympathetic ear when it comes to the fans perspective. And you're probably not going to get a better shot if you're Antonio Brown than right now to come back to New England. Because t- time's running out on the season, too. Let's not yeah. forget. We're oh. in week 12 here. <laughs> no, and, 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 that's, and that's, that's a huge thing. And, and like you said, all these, all these little things, the, the timing is peculiar. I wouldn't say suspect because I, I, I do think, again, that it seems, seems Yeah, like that was sketchy. a bad you choice of I mean? words. Yeah, I'm um, glad that you corrected that because that's not no, I, I well, that. <laughs> Here I am coming across as all high and mighty. I mean, I'm the one yesterday who... Uh, again, I own it, but I still can't believe I, I, I typed it out. But I, I wrote, he leaves out, like, L-E-A-V-E-S. And it took me a minute, and then I, I reread it. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? So, I, you know, I, I corrected it and say left out and whatever. Because, and, <laughs> look, people are pining for an edit button. Edit buttons are for losers. Own your mistakes, all right? And, look, the only way I would like an edit, but edit button on Twitter is if you can see what they originally edited. So, and that would, that would to me, would, would be the only, because if you, if, you, if you don't like that, then you're clearly trying to mislead people and change people. But, hey, that's just me. Right. I own my mistakes, okay? I, I, I sometimes misspeak and uh, mistype. So, um, Just remember, Twitter support tells you you always have an edit button in your head. Yes, that's <laughs> right. And think before you speak. And, and in keeping on that that whole uh, topic, um, it, it kind of works well with this topic that we're talking about with Antonio Brown. But, um, look, it just – I've always felt that the, the – you know, obviously aside from the NFL, uh, the biggest hurdle in terms of getting him back on the Patriots is Robert Kraft. Um, I, I think – Tom Brady would welcome him, welcome him with open arms. I think Bill Belichick would welcome him with open arms. I think a majority of the team would welcome him with open arms. And 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 I'm not one to sit here and try to read into too many of the uh, social media likes that get thrown out um, by these players. But uh, the apology got a lot of reaction from Patriots players. And, and, and that doesn't tell me that anything's close or there's breaking news or anything like that. No, what it tells me is... These guys support him one way or the other, whether they think he they're trying to get him back on the team or if uh, 
you know, if they, they're just supporting him as a human, um, we, you know, we don't really know, but the fact is I believe they are supporting him. And, and to me, that's, that's another checkbox in the, how do you get Antonio Brown back on the Patriots? Well, um, he's got to be wanted specifically by the coach and the quarterback. If the coach and the quarterback, one or the other, don't want him there, it's never going to happen. Let's, let's face it. I mean, that's, they're just too far, uh, too important of, of, pieces on this in this franchise that have it a, a direct effect on the field um obviously robert Kraft and jonathan Kraft and all that um obviously have a big impact but you know not on the actual field so the, these two people have a strong opinion they clearly want him back that that's one hurdle um another is the whole looming nfl investigation that really was kind of the biggest to me the biggest thing because with that hanging over his head i don't think any team was going to even bother because again there's, there's a whole negative cloud uh, surrounding Antonio Brown, and a lot of it is based on, you know, how people, you know, figured his situation was going to play out. A lot of them assumed he's going directly on the on the uh, 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 exemplist. So I'm not going to put too much stock into other teams not being interested. I think there are a, a lot of them just looking at the, uh, you know, the the likelihood or, or quote unquote, the accept, uh, the ex- expectation that he was going on the exemplist. But that hurdle seems to be coming into sight. He's either going to clear it or he's not. And if he clears it, I think that really that would absolutely catapult my percentage uh, in terms of him returning because on top of that, it's clear as day he wants to be back there. So I Yeah, and, this and, is where he wants yes, to be. So <laughs> I, I think that is a huge factor, especially if other teams come calling. Now, again, that's not to say he wouldn't latch on somewhere else once he exhausted every opportunity he could get to return to New England. But I think some teams see that. I don't think a bad team's gonna be interested in him because I, I think he would be a issue with a bad team. Um, let let's face it, like he he's not a player that's meant to be on a team that's losing. Um, one, he's far too good. Two you just know it, it, it could become volatile. You put him in New England, and, and let's face it, he was fine on the football field. He was fine in the locker room. It was it was that one misstep that I think gave them the, the reason or gave Kraft the reason to move on. And, and I think with the expectation that things were going to get hotter around him in terms of his volatile, you know, being volatile and yeah. all that. But really, it, it hasn't. It's actually cooled down quite a bit. So I, I think those major hurdles are starting to be crossed. Now, again, we'll find out about the NFL hopefully soon. And if, and I, and I said this last week, even before, like, they, they need to make a decision quickly. Like, they've let this drag on long enough. Um, they're, they're very selective in terms of how they want to approach certain topics and how they want to attack certain things. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what uh, what ultimately that that entails, and are they going to uh, make a decision this week? Who knows? But if they clear him and say, "Look, he's until further notice, he's not going to be on the exempt list," I expect the Patriots to be a very serious contender because I do think the apology is going to go well with Kraft, and and again, the influence of I think Bill and Tom, and if you if you believe the rumors out there, there there's there has been some influence in that, so. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, I'm keeping the dream alive. And uh, <laughs> like I said, every time, every time I think I'm out, it just pulls me right back in. And uh, yeah, absolutely, great, great line, and very appropriate <laughs> for this. No question about it. Look, I think you hit so many good points, but the real, the point that I really want to hop on is the point of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So many people, when Antonio Brown w- was cut were trying to justify the fact and said, oh, Bill Belichick didn't want any distractions. He didn't want this guy on the field. 
I, I don't buy that for a second. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are two guys that can handle distractions, folks. And I don't think either one of them are really worried about the optics of what it looks like having a guy like Antonio Brown in the locker room. They're out to win football games. That's their job, folks. And to sit there and to say that these guys need to be the, uh, the, the the morality police, I think, is a little bit disingenuous. If you're looking at pure from a pure football standpoint, and what happened off the field factually now, I'm not talking about speculation, and you mentioned this earlier, which I think is a very good point as well. You have to go with the facts of what happened, what we know to this point. So basing those two factors, this wasn't a situation where he was cut simply because he was an off-field or, or an in-the-locker-room distraction. He was cut because I believe Robert Kraft felt he didn't have a choice any longer and did not want the image of the Patriots tarnished by having a guy like Antonio Brown on the mm. roster. He probably knee jerked, looked like there was a lot more information coming and said, before this gets worse, we have to cut ties. He's got the Aaron Hernandez situation on his shoulders. Granted, I think the Patriots handle that as best they possibly could, oh, yeah, but there is still a lot of people that criticize them and think that, you know, Bill Belichick enabled him. And I mean, we've heard all these things about Aaron Hernandez, which is just absolutely amazing. And again, folks, please do not misconstrue. I'm not comparing Antonio Brown to Aaron Hernandez. There is no question about it. There is one you know, vile human being that is no longer with us on this earth. Antonio Brown is nowhere near that level. So please, I'm not you know combining the two. But it's something where this organization is very tuned into their public image. And I think that's what forced Kraft's hand a little bit. In terms of their ability to bring him back, Again, another great point that I think you made is that this was never anything to do with on the field. I mean, mm -hmm. even when he was cut, I went on record saying that, you know, I talked to members in the organization that said that he was talking to Jared Stidham on the practice field and says, all right, we're, I'm going to meet you back here tonight. We're going to go over these drills. And it wasn't so much for him because there were no cameras there. I mean, there was no, you know, documentation of this or anything like that. This actually didn't come out until after he was cut. He was not only helping himself, he was actually doing it for Stidham's benefit as well. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'll get you some reps. I'll get you some throws. I'll show you how to throw down, you know, and, you know, so these were things where he was actually very well liked in this locker room. So it's not a big shock why the Patriots players are liking his Instagram posts at every, at every post. It's, I think their way of being able to show their appreciation for someone that was a pretty good teammate while he was here. Now, again, a lot of this is predicated on the fact that maybe the allegations against him are not as serious as they once appeared. That's a complete game changer if all of a sudden hard evidence is presented that he's guilty of what he's accused of. That could be the only thing that could really derail this. And then in that situation, if that's the case and he is guilty of these accusations, then you have to wonder whether he ever deserves to be on a football field again. Well, and, and and that's and that's and that's obviously the thing, and unfortunately, the people, uh, you know, nowadays people lean towards guilt rather than innocence when things first come out. So you have to right. you have to work backwards, and I think, uh, you know, and that's the biggest hurdle that Antonio Brown has had to face. And and look, I I tell people all the time when they sit here and be like, you know, how can you support this? Blah blah blah. I'm like, look, you know, imagine put yourself in his shoes, and you know you're innocent, and he is say he is innocent. I mean, there, there's certainly a very good possibility he is. All these things that were said about him, maybe they're, again, just, we, we've seen it in the past. Like, people make stuff up. So, yeah, you know, that's so, true. <laughs> say he's innocent, and all of a sudden, 
you're being attacked by every every person and out of every corner of every part of this world calling you a, a rapist and and this that and the other and you just how would you handle it i i you know i'm not going to sit here and pretend like you know i was i'm going to handle it any better than he did and and by that i mean going on and voicing my frustration and saying things that you know maybe if i wasn't as worked up or anxious or uh angry I wouldn't say so. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not justifying the things that uh, you know he said or how he handled himself on social media. Sometimes, even though, again, I, you know, it's you may not like what he said about Robert Kraft, but look, the the tweet was true. I mean, I love Robert Kraft, and I don't think it was a a big issue, and I don't think it's a big deal what happened. He, you know, he's he's dealing with his situation, and so be it. It's not a big deal. But um, what Antonio Brown said wasn't false. Um, it's just it was a. It's not. It's just not the right thing to say when you're when you're trying to get back to what you're trying to get to. So, um, so any, so needless to say, if if that's the worst thing about Antonio Brown, then you know what? I again, he deserves to play. He deserves to be in this league. He deserves to be able to uh, earn a living off of this league. And uh, let's face it, this isn't just some player. I mean, this you know he comes. He he hits the football field. He's the top three, four receiver in this league, and. Uh, you know, on this team, I, I think it would, he would be a great benefit. And and there's there's one other thing too, and one other connection here that I think uh, it's very very important within this whole structure and how this situation is played out. And that's Drew Rosenhaus, um, his mm. agent. And um, good point. He has a a a very strong uh, relationship with the Patriots. He's done business with Bill Belichick and the Kraft family for a very long time. Uh, uh, that was part of I think that was part of the way they got Antonio Brown there so quickly. You know, once he was cut from the Raiders, there was a long standing relationship which makes these things easier to come, you know, get together. So I think that plays a factor. Uh one of the other interesting things, and again, I don't wanna <clears throat> I don't wanna give too much credence to again, social media likes and Instagram likes and, and all that, but um another another person who who liked that apology was Willie McGinnis. And I, I, I think that's a intriguing. If you know the Patriots organization, even now, <clears throat> Willie's pretty tied in, um, especially how close he is with Tom uh, in, in particular, how close he is with Robert Kraft and obviously Bill Belichick. So, right. and, and yep. I think he was one of the, uh, you had to cut him at the time, people. And I think he basically echoed a lot of the things we've said. And it's like, you just can't, you can't do what you did. You can't send that text message. You can't do this, which which is understandable, and I accept that. and And I think he's a he's a guy you listen to, or at least you know think about things that he says or likes or whatever. So I I think that's a little factor. If you want to sit here and try to read the tea leaves, so um, yeah. No, I think so. I think that uh, you make some good points. And again, uh, there were that's funny that you mentioned about social media likes because there is an internet rumor floating around right now, and I haven't been able to substantiate it. So in no way am I endorsing this or anything or saying that there's substance behind it. But there are an inner there is an internet um, rumor out there that I haven't been able to debunk yet either. So if you want the Lloyd Christmas, yeah. so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. There is a rumor out there right now that back channel communications between Rue Rosenhaus and maybe members of the organization mm-hmm. acting under, you know, good faith, I guess is the best way to put it, said that a 
Antonio Brown reunion would be off the table, but would be considered if Antonio deletes his social media accounts for the rest of the year. Now, again, I don't have any credence in this, and I'm not saying it's true at all. The team, nobody's commented, so this is just pure speculation and rumor out there. But that's interesting that it actually even flowed out. So you have to wonder if that was you know, a, a precipitous or something that was dropped in there. This apology, could it be Antonio Brown's social media swan song until after the Super Bowl? It's an interesting point to at least make. Well, and and, and again, I, I saw that too, and, and it was, trust me, it was very hard to try to substantiate. And, and your, your gut tells you that it's probably not 100% true, in terms of exactly this person, what they're saying. Oh yeah. Who knows? Absolutely, who knows? I mean, yeah. it could, it yep. could be true. I'm not saying that it's impossible because, you know, you look at, like you said, the, the peculiar, peculiar, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I've got to stop trying to say that word because I, I, I just look like a doofus every time. Yeah. Um, you know what? We should probably just call it interesting time yes. because that's <laughs> really you. what it is. Thank you. Peculiar even, I think has like a negative connotation to it. Interesting. It's yes, just, you know, it, it catches your interest. Very, I catch yes. it. Very, I catch very it. interesting. Yes. Uh, but yes, this eye-catching uh, apology, um, the timing of it, everything with the meeting to, and like you said, the, the idea that there's some sort of back-channel communication. Well, this would kind of find, kind of fall right in line because, look, I, I mean, if you're going to take him back, like I said, the, one of the hurdles was being the NFL. And if he gets cleared, it's like, well, what's, what's the next thing? Well, Antonio Brown said something very public about Robert Kraft and uh, – He's got to apologize, and he's got to do it publicly, and that's what he did. So, again, if you're if if you like to read tea leaves and kind of put a lot of weight in certain things, uh, you're having a lot of fun with this, like I am. So, um, look, my percentage is still pretty low that he returns, but uh, yeah, first, so is mine. <laughs> for the first time in weeks and perhaps months, um, it's actually gone up to uh, actually something you can measure. It's not point oh 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 one. I actually, you know what? I'm 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 pushing. I've made a huge leap. I'm I'm actually giving it like a fifteen percent chance right now. Uh, just, Double digits. Yeah, very, well, very I, cool. I just yeah. I'm really buying into the situation, and like I said, I mean I've never seen someone want to be on a team so badly. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Antonio Brown want to be on the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, and you know again. The guy, the guy loves football for all his flaws that you think he has. He loves football, and uh, he he's a perfect patriot in the sense that he's gonna, like you said, he's gonna come in, he's gonna put the work in, he's gonna be focused, he's gonna want to win and produce and and all that. So again, hopefully, hopefully we have a little bit of news. So <laughs> we've spent a incredibly disproportionate amount of time on this topic because uh, you know I uh, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of camera and I got you know this whole note sheet. Here, if everyone can see, yeah, yeah, see, huge note sheet, whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, got about that much done, so <laughs> we're gonna move on real quick because I do want to talk about our our Hall of Fame ballast before we get uh, Brian on here for the last ten minutes or so. So, um, we were both tasked by me late last night to uh, fill out our, our ballot, if as if we were uh, BBWA members. Um, and like I mentioned at the top of the show, the way it works, you get 10 years on the ballot at the most. You have to get 75% of the vote to get into the Hall of Fame, and uh, you need 5% to stay on the ballot. So we both kind of gave our opinion yesterday about how we felt about the steroid era uh, players. I think we both, in general, believe they should be getting in. We do differ uh, on a few names like Mark McGuire, um, 
but let's let's do this. So I, I'm going to give you my list uh, first because I actually found that I had a very short list, to be honest with you. Um, I really didn't have as many people getting in as I expected, and 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 I mentioned yesterday too. I'm I'm, I'm a pretty tough uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty tough Hall of Fame grader. I I I, I think. Like I, I think there's absolutely zero chance Philip Rivers gets into Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, give you an idea. So um, first off, right off the bat, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Uh, I gave my reasoning yesterday. Baseball should let all these guys in that deserve to be in. Uh, steroids or not, and uh, my reasoning is it's it's part of baseball history, and baseball Hall of Fame is about talking about history, good or bad. And I think this is a situation where you you embrace it. You, If you want to give them a whole section in the hall, be like, look, this was the steroid era. Label it, you know, the scarlet letter. Put it right on, on the front, right on their, you know, shirts. Um, so I do, I do think, uh, I, I, I do think those guys need to get in. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, you're talking about perhaps the greatest hitter and, and, picture of a, of a, a generation not in the hall of fame it's it's absurd like if you know if you if you look too much uh you know into these these certain metrics like hall of fame worthy metric or whatever you know in terms of all the candidates right now if you're if you go to baseball reference or whatever they their their number is so far off the charts compared to all these other players and all these other players are potential hall of famers so you can just tell how good these players were i don't i don't care about the steroids they were the best of the steroid era people so um Right off the bat, those two need to get in. I reluctantly, yeah, I got, I got to put Derek Jeter in. I mean, it, I, I, I can't sit here and justify. I, I, I'm of the opinion, like, look, if, if it takes you more than a few years to get in, you're probably not going to get in, unless it's some sort of ridiculous grudge in which we know baseball writers tend to hold against certain players, and uh, for, for whatever reason, again, steroids, the whole morality clause, and to me, like I said, it shouldn't matter, and it's just whatever, but. I think Derek Jeter's good enough to get in. I think he gets in. So add him to my list. I got three. Uh, Kurt Schilling. We talked about him yesterday. Uh, the postseason success uh, cannot be ignored. What he did, he has done in the postseason and what he's done for a couple different teams uh, is it, just it's remarkable. Um, this whole idea that he's been uh, losing support because of who he is outside of baseball is ridiculous because that, ha- that should have nothing, nothing to do with um you know, just being able to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame because he was a great pitcher. Again, I, I always go back and say, like, look, if, if you had to write an encyclopedia of baseball history, you have to tell these stories. You have to talk about Kurt Schilling. You have to talk about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and, you know, these guys, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. You have to talk about these guys. And um, I just I just don't see how you can avoid it. Um, so... Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Derek Jeter, uh, Kurt Schilling, Manny Ramirez. We talked about him yesterday. I mean, I think you and I both agree one of the best hitters. You said he was the best hitter you've ever seen. He's one of them for me. It's just incredible. He needs to get in. Uh, I got Larry Walker. Uh, one, of, I, I, I think I don't know how many people are going to go for that or, or have Larry Walker in, but he's in his final year of eligibility. Um, you know, he was a, a career three thirteen hitter. Uh, 383 home runs, 1,300 RBI. I mean, it, the guy played for, what, 20 years, was it? I think it was, or 17 years. So uh, I think he gets in. Um, after that, let's see. Who did I write down here? I think I, I'm just kind of hopping all over this list right now, so you have to forgive me. Um, I think I had one more. Where was he? Uh, 
No. Uh, oh, yeah. No, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Like, look, again, I mean, there's two guys on this list of candidates that have over 600 runs. It's Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. Again, say what you want to say about him. Um, it's still part of baseball history and a very uh, productive part of baseball history. So I only got, what, six players on my list? Six, seven? So have at it, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, we agree on a lot, and uh, there are a couple that I do disagree with, and I think it'll make for some good arguments. Um, Bonds and Clemens, I'm right there with you. Uh, I believe they're Hall of Famers. I believe they were Hall of Famers with or without PEDs, and to me, that's really the deciding factor in terms of why these guys should be in and why I can't justify any BBWA writers not putting these guys in the hall of fame other than just to say that they're sitting on the morals clause and acting holier than thou. look if you want to make the argument that guys that had hall of fame numbers because of performance enhancing drugs and only because of performance enhancing drugs i'm saying there's an argument and i'm not saying i agree with it but I'm saying there's an argument with bonds and Clemens. I don't see that argument. I, I just don't. These guys had hall of fame careers before anyone ever accused them of even starting to use performance enhancing drugs. So in my opinion, without any question, both of those guys are in mm -hmm. Derek Jeter, probably a shoe in. I mentioned yesterday and I didn't really get a chance to finish my thought because we were running so close on time, <laughs> but I was starting to believe that Jeter was going to be either the, either the first or one of the first, unanimous inductions into the hall of fame i'm not sure that's going to happen now because we've seen a unanimous induction in mariano rivera and to me so well deserved probably mm -hmm. more well deserved than would have been if jeter would have been the first oh, unanimous uh, hall of famer without any question but jeter is a hall of famer you look at the 3,000 hits you look at the longevity the postseason resume it's impossible to Just keep him out of the defense. hall of fame <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, there were there were a lot of defensive holes there in his game, and I think that is probably the only reason why you'll see a few people abstain from giving him that first place vote the and greatest, the vote for uh, for him to the go in. The greatest thing that ever happened to him was making that diving into the stands catch that really had no significance on the overall outcome of the season or, or the the projection. It of the really did. But, you know, even. I mean, yeah, think absolutely. about it. Whenever you see a Derek Jeter highlight package, what do you see? You see the the classic, you know, jump up in the air, throw. Uh, to you know from short you know short from shortstop to first or you see the diving play which again it, uh, Red Sox fans will remember that as the day that Nomar was lost because he sat out that day he that was his thing he was he was a little banged up he was you know the JD Drew, Drew of the time if he had a sniffle he was yeah. out and uh that you know in that same game that Nomar sat out you know Derek made that yeah but, there's Jeter his his rival diving into the stands and but look that was there 2004, have been some. and we, we we all know absolutely. what happened so yep. we're and, and look there have been some instances as well I mean you know you talk about the uh the the flip the heads up flip uh to uh, to nail uh, uh Jeremy Giambi at the plate I mean these are you know moments that are going to live in MLB and you know and for all intents and purposes I do believe he gets in uh Ramirez I said this yesterday about Manny Ramirez he is probably the most feared hitter I've ever seen I've talked to Yankee fans significantly uh my father God rest his soul was a Yankees fan and he absolutely feared Manny Ramirez more than any other hitter on the Boston Red Sox. Whenever he came up, he was the guy he did not want to see because he said he can beat you in so many ways. He can beat you with the long ball. He can grind out an at-bat. He can get a slap hit and be able to do that. Now, there's a lot of people that will believe that Manny would never beat out a throw to first because he's not going to run and leg it out. 
there's an argument to be made there, but most of the time he didn't have to do that. He had pinpoint control of his bat and one of the best pure gifted hitters I've ever seen live play. So in that regard, I do put him in. I, I, I do put him into the Hall of Fame because I believe that that type of contact, that type of hand-eye coordination that's required to be a very good hitter in this league is not something that's just happenstance. It's not something that a performance-enhancing drug is going to help you with. It's something that is a natural talent and a natural ability. Mm -hmm. And Manny did that as well as anybody that's ever played the game. So I have him in the Hall of Fame. Schilling, I also have in the Hall of Fame as well. Postseason resume, second to none as far as I'm concerned. You really have to look at what this guy did in Arizona, in Boston, uh, just always a big game pitcher. Even in the regular season, he was a big game pitcher. Schilling was always a stopper. He was always a guy that would give you that performance that you needed to get over the hump. So Schilling, I definitely have in. And one that I really, really went back and forth on, and this was something that was very difficult for me to to reconcile. Uh, I... I did give a vote to Andy Pettit, and I know a lot of people are going to sc yeah. scoff and roll their eyes, but I, I will say this. I looked at his career, and look, he's got a 63.6 winning win-loss percentage, a career 385 ERA. It's, you know, he's a two-time 20-game winner, three-time All-Star. He was the top six in Cy Young voting five times. He competed against a lot of great pitchers in his generation, mm -hmm. pitched against a lot of guys in the, in, the, in the American League that really overshadowed him, guys like Clemens, guys like Pedro Martinez. And he was always in the thick of those races, time in and time out. I mean, you can make the argument that the, uh, the, the Cy Young that he lost to Pat Henkin, I believe in, I believe it was, it was 96 or 97, I think he, he competed with Henkin. That should have been his. Um, the career postseason, 19 and 11, 2.6 ERA in the postseason, which is very, very, you know, and he was a key cog in five um, World Series titles with the Yankees. So that's the reason why I ended up going with him. You can make the argument there. That's probably my weakest case. But because I put Schilling in because of the postseason greatness, yeah. I looked at Pettit's longevity and I gave him the nod. I don't think he'll get it, but that's just my personal ballot. Well, that's a good point, and I, I thought about Pettit, too, and he's kind of like the, the Drew Brees of that era, where it's like he was a great pitcher, but he was overshadowed by so many other great pitchers of the time, and you, you mentioned Pedro, you mentioned, obviously, there was Roger Clemens and, you know, Randy Johnson, I mean, you, the list goes on, and it's like, you know, when you're talking about great pitchers of that time, you know, it's, you, you, you're going to take a little bit to get down to Andy Pettit, but that's not a, you know, that's not a knock on Andy Pettit, I think that just speaks to you know, some of those play, I mean, I mean, come on, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Roger Clint, like that's, that's something. So I, you know what, I think I might agree with you and I'd, I'd have to look at his, uh, his case a little bit uh, closer because, you know, I did go back and forth, but maybe it was the, uh, the, the Red Sox fan in me where I just couldn't, couldn't, advocate for two Yankees <laughs> I mean like I mean let's face it I, I try to not let my bias get into the in the way but sometimes with certain teams it's just it's it's not it's not it's not possible for me to let that go so uh we're winding down we got about eight minutes left and uh with that with that I would like to welcome in host of snowman in the morning from nine to noon every day on full press radio and of course on sportscaster he is Mr. Brian Snow he is the authority when it comes to LeBron James and his delusional to be the greatest player of all time. Brian, how are we doing this morning? I'm wonderful. Good to be back on the on the crossover with you. 
Yeah, well, well, we've been trying to squeak it in here, but we tend to uh, talk yeah. far too much about all the topics that we like to do. And um, I was showing people on camera the amount of notes I had ready for this show. And uh, I've touched on about <laughs> two sentences, two sentences I got through. And uh, most of that uh, talk was spent on Antonio Brown, So, which is not surprising if you know me. So I don't, I don't want to talk about that because I, I do want to talk about basketball because I love talking basketball with you and you know a lot more than I do. So I, I like when you can carry it. Um, it's looking a lot like 2008 and 2009 in these parts, and and by that I mean the pa- uh, the Patriots, the Lakers, and the Celtics are atop the their respective conferences. Um, you've already told me that you feel like the the Celtics are the best team in the league. I'm I I I'm right there with you. Uh, I are you now? There's two things I want to ask you because we only have a few minutes, so I'm going to ask you both questions and then you can respond. First of all, are you impressed? with what the Lakers are doing, and are you surprised at how well that they've, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, come together this early in the season? And two, Carmelo Anthony is back. What are your thoughts about his signing, and what are your thoughts about him honoring Ben Simmons with the double zero, as in, I've never hit a three-point shot in my life, double zero? (laughs) Carmelo needs to go, and no, I'm not impressed with the Lakers. It's November. When they win, when they clinch, I said this on your program, and you know you've heard me say this on my program. When they clinch a spot in April, then I'll be impressed. When Anthony Davis and LeBron James actually complete their task of a full season, then I'll talk. Until then, I ain't having it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, look, I, I, you know, we could, we could sit here and, you know, take what we can and, uh, you know, take whatever we've seen and say, okay, look, they're 12 and two. And, you know, he, he's playing pretty well. He looks re- quote unquote refreshed, but at the same time, it's like, talk to me in April. Let, let's see how well this is going in April. Let's see what happens if they deal with a few injuries or if LeBron gets a little banged up or, you know, if he shows his age after months of, uh, hard, you know, quote-unquote, hard basketball, and, and by that I mean on offense, not on defense. <laughs> exactly. He so. doesn't – he still he still doesn't play defense. No, that's Anybody that's, who's, who watched the NBA knows defense is a big part of it. It's a big part of basketball no matter what the level. And he ain't playing it. It's – if you watch the games this year, you see he's not playing defense. He's conserving most of his energy – for the offensive end, you don't win championships that way. That's that's his load management, you know. Kyrie, uh, Kawhi takes uh, Kyrie. <laughs> Jeez, I don't, I don't know if we have enough time to even talk about Kyrie yet. But uh, don't get don't get me started on Kyrie. I made I'm going to do that during hour one of my show. So yeah, I'm not fans of FPC get ready. Fans, fans of FPC get ready. I got a lot to say on Kyrie uh, going to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant has an excuse. Okay, Kyrie does not. I'll leave it there. And all, all I'm saying, I think he's trying to avoid that rematch coming up or that match with the, the game with the Celtics. So, you know, Mr. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to miss a game here and there, and it just still happens to be the one in Boston. You know, I'm sure he's not going to be getting any uh, Isaiah Thomas tribute video, to say the least. So, um, nope. real quick, Carmelo Anthony seems to have gotten this, like, cult following of he needs to be in the league, although he really hasn't been that great of a player for, for quite some time now. Um what are your thoughts about his uh, coming in, coming in, playing with the Blazers? And he, obviously, he made his debut and uh, he started. So, what are your thoughts? And uh, do you think this is just going to be a, a fad? It's a fad. 
it's a fact. Carmelo Anthony will go the way of LeBron James. Load management on defense. Try to get everything on offense. If you looked at last night's game, Carmelo Anthony hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. He hasn't changed. It's like people want to say, oh, Carmelo Anthony's the first batter Hall of Famer, which is bollocks to me. Everybody wants to say Carmelo Anthony needs to be in the league, which again is bollocks to me. And I got a lot more on that during the show. It, it's like, do y'all not get the message? Do y'all not understand Carmelo Anthony has not been good? I'm going to say this. It's going to hurt a lot of Carmelo Anthony fans, and I know quite a few, and I know you do also. But Carmelo Anthony has been good since his days of Syracuse in 2003, and he's been worse before, during, and after his next tenure. There, I said it. Ooh, well, <laughs> I'm, let's just say let's just say I'm excited to see what uh, what happens in hour number one of Snowman. It's, it's, that's what we try to do. We try to pump um, each other up. How am I supposed to follow this at ten fifteen? Wow, <laughs> wow! You talk about living up to expectations, Snowman. Mike, no, it is. I got a lot. Got... To, we got a lot to hit during hour two. Oh, we will I'm come sure. Up with something. <laughs> we will, my friend. We always have tricks up our sleeve, and I am looking forward to joining you on the microphone this morning, my friend. That's I'm. I'm I'm, I'm hot. I'm warmed <laughs> up this morning. My list, I'll leave y'all with this. My wife saw me doing my notes yesterday and she took a look at she, she, she says, oh, you are warmed up. I said, it's not even Wednesday yet. I get Mike debate on the line. I get a crossover with you guys and I love you guys at FPC. And yes, I'm figuring out Sportscaster. Um, I'll be back on Sportscaster uh, tomorrow. I got to test a few other things. But be that as it may, I'm going to have fun during hour one. And I have a red hot snowman's take on one Colin Kaepernick during hour two, which both of y'all are going to love. Well, I, because I put that room, I put that mess to rest once and for all. I jumped on it during hour one on Monday. I didn't do it justice. And when my wife heard me speak that, she looked in my eyes and went, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> it was probably a strong indication you were coming in with a lot of energy when your, all your notes were typed in all capitals. So um, it just it when, just... when sentences are typed in all capitals, it's time to go to work. Extra exclamation point. So, yeah, no, don't worry. I will be tuning in, and I recommend anyone out there who's listening to our show to stay tuned to Full Press Radio and listen to Snowman. Brian, thank you very much. We're going to talk soon. I'm going to let you go get ready for your show. It's coming up. And just a few moments appreciate it thank you have a good day so once again folks that's brian snow snowman in the morning nine to noon here on full press radio and mostly on on sportscaster so check it out uh jump over to full press radio and start listening uh we're gonna going to be back tomorrow we got a jam-packed thursday episode we're gonna try to get to some of the stuff that i wrote down here uh that we wanted to talk about um tomorrow and of course we're gonna preview thursday night football so uh once again give us a follow on twitter at fpc radio live i am at iglen31 he is at mdabateFPC, and of course follow us at full press radio for all of our great shows uh throughout the week and uh, on the weekend so folks have a great wednesday and we will see you all manana <laughs>